Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. Mm, well, cool. What's new with you? <laughs> <laughs> now, we had not had a, a show in a little bit, and I'm mostly to blame. My personal life has been crazy lately. You know, I was thinking about it. It's funny that, like, we haven't had a show in, in so long, but we're technically, like, on another show in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that show didn't require any uh, any preparation. That <laughs> and maybe it should have. <laughs> we were on uh, uh, two dads and a millennial. Uh, I don't think that the episodes hit their feed yet, but yeah, we were discussing conspiracy theories. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, that was the intention. Um, but yeah, and even that was like three weeks ago, and I felt like we were like two weeks removed from an episode then. So it's been a while. <laughs> Hope you had a good Fourth of July, Brian. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, now, yeah, I was out of town, and now I've been sick and cooped up and all that fun stuff. But uh, you see anything good lately? Um, well, now that you mention it. <laughs> Um, I saw Nope yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was a, How'd you like it? I liked it a lot, actually, but I can see it being very, you know, polarizing. Oh, yeah? Polarizing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, hold on. I, uh, I'm getting a call. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was right. Yeah. Anyway. You haven't seen it yet, have you? No. Okay. Um, nope. Let, so, so, I think, I, I don't want to get you know, spoilery with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you know, it, it's a pretty obvious fact that it has something to do with like UFOs and stuff. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, let's just say it leans way more into the sci-fi than it does into the horror. Oh, okay. Well, that's and fine. So I, yeah. Yeah. I know. But I mean, I think if you're going in looking for like a, you know, Jordan Peele horror movie. Yeah, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I feel I'm probably wrong about this, but I don't probably. really even consider Get Out to be scary. It it even is more of a sci-fi application turned into a horror film. You know, like the them I don't want to spoil Get Out, but the reveal <laughs> was was a sci-fi application, right? Yeah. So Yeah, oh yeah, much more. Um, I mean, even Us has sci-fi elements. Yeah. Um, I feel like Us, though, is much more of a horror movie than Get Out or Nope was. I do, too. But I did, Well, I didn't see Nope, but definitely more than Get Out, but I didn't like it better. Yeah. But um, yeah. I know I'm... Uh, you know, that's, that's also a polarizing movie. And then I feel like Get Out... Oh, very much. I feel like Get Out is only polarizing because... Of people that don't like, you know, the same people that criticize like wokeness and stuff like that are going to hate it out. Like, so, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think get out only runs the potential of potentially being overrated. Other than that, I think it's a, I mean, I think it's a great movie, but it's not. I I mean, I could see that. I think, um, I, I could see that, but I think like, his first actual like horror movie, you know, and it was like that well done. Mm-hmm. 
And he was you know, coming you know off Key I mean? and Peel, which was our only frame of reference for him. You know? Yeah, which there are actually some pretty... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's some pretty um, horror elements in Key and Peel from time to time. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Hilarious. They leaned into uh, their love of horror in certain sketches. Yeah. Um, well, cool. So overall, you going to recommend Nope? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. If I wasn't hold up currently, yeah, um, I would see it. I can also watch a cam rip. I'm sure that there's a cam rip available online, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, I watched. Uh, well, let's think. I saw Top Gun two. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, it's Top Gun two. It's enjoyable. It's it's that's about it. You know, it's Top yeah. Gun with better stunts. Yeah, that makes sense. So, saw that, saw everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Thought it was, was one amazing. of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> but I, I think with a lot of people having that kind of statement, that runs the risk of being uh, overrated too. You know what I'm saying? It, it all yeah. is about your expectations. And I, I had heard people saying that you know it was great, but. I still thought like, ah, I generally don't like things. <laughs> so my expectations were low. <laughs> uh, so I really, it don't matter. I'll still hate it. I like the fact that it was straight up just like bizarro and it, it lended like pulled from every genre. Uh, in, yeah. And so, and it leaned heavily into certain scenarios that were uh, very, very, bizarre to see at least not animated like like the emotional climax of the movie yeah yeah and also (laughs) with the with the chef his whole situation Uh, it was one of the realities where she worked in the kitchen and the chef it was uh, spoiler a lot like ratatouille that yeah made me laugh that was so great literally every time it was mentioned um so anyway yeah there, there's a scene in there where like she's just rapid fire like every like two frames it's a new reality uh-huh right and like somebody went through and paused it and did screen caps of everything and it's like it's like 60 realities that they went through and did like full like makeup and stuff for <laughs> yeah like, for, like a five second shot yeah. Oh, but that movie was crazy. And what's even weirder is like, to me at least, the the special effects team on it was like five people who had never even done any special effects before, and they did like all the VFX for it, like over Zoom and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> it's pretty crazy because it was a visually. It was like a visual extravaganza type film. Um. Yeah, uh, what's the other thing? Oh, I'm in the middle. Well, never mind. What? I'm in the middle of watching Elvis. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's funny is literally everyone I, I've said that that's a good movie to is like, that's shit, you're stupid. Every person. <laughs> like, and no one's seen it. Just everyone hates Elvis. <laughs> Except yeah. for older people. It's a great movie so far. Like, I'm not even kidding. Uh, the only thing that is annoying is uh, I've figured out why Elvis is kind of annoying, at least to our generation. Because I'm not a fan. I like one of his songs. Uh, 
what was it suspicious minds like that's yeah. it that's the only elvis song i can think of that i really like but uh he was like um you know he doesn't finish words he just he just trails off yeah and they're like you know hey, yeah. hey get in the car elvis the coup you know like <laughs> oh i'll get in the coup <laughs> you know and so that's kind of annoying but other than that it's really really good but i it could just I be do what Oh, I was just saying, I just have no interest in it. Yeah, neither. Elvis as a person does not interest me at all. Neither do you. Except for old fat Elvis. You, Rodney, Anthony Trevino, Peach, Kelsey, like a million. Every person I've discussed it with is like, why would you watch that? (laughs) And I understand because if they made an Eagles movie, I'd be like, no, not doing it. Not doing it. So I get it. You don't want to see the origin story of Witchy nope. Woman? No, nope. don't do not care. <laughs> uh, there, I can't think that was the maybe, maybe peaceful, easy feeling I can tolerate. I cannot I do not like any eagles. <laughs> but anyway, so I will say if you can set your hate for Elvis aside, that movie's worth watching. <laughs> His manager's a real piece of shit. Uh and it's told from the manager's perspective, which I thought was kind of good rather than the biopic yeah so he's just like you see my boy was great he he attracted crowds and but he's just like he's screwing him over so bad the entire movie makes you kind of feel sorry for him um but i'd put it up there with like walk the line in terms of sorry for one of the most successful musicians of all time (laughs) yes in a way because like it, it, His house is an amusement park. Yeah. <laughs> and yet he was... But see, that's the whole thing. His manager was like a carnival barker, and he treated him like a carnival attraction. Thus, uh-huh. and, and so like Elvis apparently always wanted to tour the world, and he wouldn't let him. And it turned out it, it had to do with... Uh, some of the shady dealings of the manager. So he never, he never traveled outside the U.S., isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's odd. But yeah, if you can get used to him just being like, oh, where are you? <laughs> that is, let's just say, that is a spot on Elvis impersonation. <laughs> is that good soup, Elvis? Yeah, it's pretty good too. <laughs> he never finishes the sentence. I'm just like, oh my God. Thank God for closed captioning. Because, uh, yeah. But, anyway. Love your little improv scene about Elvis eating soup. It's good soup. <laughs> Is that a good strawberry? Yeah, it's good straw. <laughs> like, almost the exact same word. So, anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. But that's all I got. I mean, that was plenty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on this episode, we're covering Mad God and Tender is the Flesh. Mad God, the movie. Tender is the Flesh, the book. <laughs> uh, which one do you want to... Well, I guess uh, it, it, Tender is the Flesh is written by Augustina Bazterica. So, anyway, um, let's, which, let's do Mad God first. All right, that should be a short review. We'll be right back. <laughs> all right, we're 
we're back. We're talking Mad God, currently streaming on Shudder. Or I guess maybe VOD platforms as well. But free on Shudder. I so. think, isn't it like a... I thought they had some sort of... Um, Exclusives? So, I thought they did. So the Shudder exclusives uh, only last like a week. Uh, and then they make the revenue on the VODs as well. So, yeah, it's not streaming anywhere else, but you can rent it. Oh, that's kind of a interesting, like, deal. Yeah. I don't know how it works normal. <laughs> I mean, that's other titles. I don't know if Mad God is streaming anywhere. <laughs> is on VOD anywhere else. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so... Yeah, you want to go ahead and tell us what the plot is of this movie? <laughs> um, I would like to. <laughs> I can tell you what the, the synopsis on IMDb is. Ah, okay. You got it? Okay, it says, The assassin travels through a nightware... Um, nightware? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the assassin travels through a nightmare underworld of tortured souls, ruined cities, and wretched monstrosities forged from the primordial horrors of the unconscious mind of Phil Tippett. The world's preeminent stop motion animator. That's the plot. Um, I don't know what the actual plot of this movie is. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's important. No, I don't <laughs> think it is. I mean, there's no plot. The plot's non existent. Honestly, if that's the assassin that they've decided to name him, like, I just thought it was some sort of traveler. And, like, he's just kind of exploring different scenarios of, like, well, later when it shows the guy, like, sending more of them. Yeah. <laughs> he does have, like, a... I mean, we could... I, I really think we can openly talk about the plot because it doesn't matter. Yeah. To be honest with you. So, sure. I mean, like, and, and I think that's the only way that we'd be able to, like, kind of talk through it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, they are armed with that, like, suitcase bomb that's supposed to blow up everything yeah so i mean assassin i guess makes sense but also in this in this like realm that he's exploring almost everyone and everything's an assassin like everything's killing or being killed yeah i feel like there's some metaphor in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i mean like i think at worst everybody is cruel uh-huh. At best, everyone is very indifferent toward cruelty in this world. Yeah. Like, and there's definitely, like, there's some touching on some, you know, themes like, uh, like treatment of workers and stuff like that. Yeah, that segment was um, my favorite of all of it. Oh, uh, with, like, the weird hair people? Yes. They looked like they were made out of hair. Yeah. They're just getting... So, I guess guess we should kind of talk about, like, what this movie actually is and why it's kind of... um... Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, just from a making perspective, kind of important in a way, just because it's Phil Tippett, right? Um, For for people who don't know, Phil Tippett is best known as... uh, for his work where he was the dinosaur wrangler on Jurassic Park, and it's all his fault, right? (laughs) He had one job to wrangle the dinosaurs. But, no, I mean, he is, like, he's a stop-motion legend, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He did work on, like, pretty much everything you can think of that's had stop-motion in it in the last, like, 50 years. Um, 
So all the original Star Wars, he did RoboCop, um, you know, like tons of things. Um, Starship Troopers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But he's also responsible for like kind of pushing the limits of what stop motion can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like for instance, uh, in RoboCop, he was one of the, like, that's one of the first movies to actually like use, um, like rear projection, I think with, uh, with stop motion with the Ed 209s sequences and stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, but basically he was going to do all of the work on Jurassic Park. Like, there's actually footage and stuff of Phil Tippett's raptors and his T-Rex work. Mm-hmm. And then they did a, um, like, a demo reel for the producers about w- or what they could do with CG. And basically, they just fired Phil Tippett on the spot. Huh. And, like, and, like, all of his work and everything from, from his team was just basically you know scrap cares throw it in the trash yeah. yeah but what happened is uh, a lot of the people who were working on Jurassic Park were from um uh ILM right and that's where Phil Tippett was from too mm-hmm. um but they brought him in as like basically an animation supervisor um and so a lot of the CG work on Jurassic Park was still done from a stop motion um, perspective, mm-hmm. but why I'm bringing this up is because he was working on m- this movie, Mad God, at that time. Yeah, he was working on it for like 30 years. Yeah, yeah, he's been working on it since RoboCop 2, <laughs> which is like 1992 or something like that, yeah. right? And basically, though, uh, this is one of the reasons why it took so long for this movie to come out is because Jurassic Park like broke his spirits. Oh really? And he shelved it, yeah, for like years. Um, so yeah, and and like I actually recently watched a documentary that had him in it. That's why I'm so full of this Jurassic Park knowledge um, about ILM. It's on uh, Disney Plus if you got it. It's actually really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but in it, he talks about like uh, how he's been since he's been diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder and stuff like that. And so I think uh, there might be some of that in this movie, too. I can see that. In Mad God. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was it was like, I don't know, from from what I understand, he put this movie on the on the shelf because of Jurassic Park and then came back to it like years later. Yeah. Um, So like like years years later yeah and i mean no matter <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> you know like we said uh there's things there's not much of a plot and, and so I, i'm a little harsh in terms of plot of this film yeah i don't think there's a single person that could look at it and say wow that's not visually awesome yeah exactly and so with his works as uh, you know, if this is his passion project, which it's my understanding, I mean, this was kind of like a home project of his. Yeah. So, 
If this is his passion project that he's filming out in the garage or whatever, this <laughs> may be visually the best passion project I've ever seen. Like, it's visually really cool. It's like a, a tool video. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just there's there's no plot. And so, like, I get that the guy's a, a VFX legend, but I, I'm... Like, I think, okay, if you're looking at plot and enjoyable, uh, how did I feel? I don't know, man. Like, uh, a waste of time at 90 minutes. It wasn't even 90 minutes, and it felt like it was days long. You know? Like, it just drug and drug and drug. And honestly, I enjoyed probably the first 30 minutes. But after that, Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, my God. Is that all we're getting? (laughs) You know? Yeah, I think it doesn't help that it's also silent. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, there's yeah. some, there's, they talk, it, it just not in English. It's just, bah, 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 yeah. Bah, bah. yeah. So you're watching Minions or something. <laughs> yes, it's like violent <laughs> Minions. <laughs> but, no, I mean, like, I think, I honestly do think there is a plot. I just don't think he told it to the, to the viewers. But. You know what I mean? So like, there's I no think, plot. Yeah, I know. I think he had an idea of what it is, but it's just that really wasn't communicated to anyone who's watching it. No, I'm sure. And it's dripping with allegory. So I think this would be a good subject for a philosophy class or some shit like that. But yeah, I mean, I some sort of college film class. Yeah. I I just don't know that it, it's, it's not a practical go-to for the reasons that I go to horror movies. Yeah. Like, if you have a good plot that's dripping with allegory, cool. And we'll get into it. But if it's only allegory and metaphor, like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I just kind of want to tune out and watch, you know? Yeah. So, I really think your your mileage is going to vary. And I, I've seen a lot of people rate it fives. And, oh, this is awesome. And what they're getting out of this film, I'm sure they're getting something awesome. Like, yeah. it's too good visually to not enjoy if that is your ex, like, if that's what you're looking for in a movie. It's just, it's too, I, I'm a plot guy. We've, we've talked about it even in terms of novels. I don't really care if it, something's uh, eloquently worded as long yeah. as it's got a good plot. And plot is kind of where I prioritize it kind of like how in music I appreciate clever lyrics and yeah. there's people like the drummer in our our band who doesn't care if songs ever have lyrics and doesn't have has told me that he doesn't pay attention to them when it does have them a lot of people don't pay attention to lyrics yeah and just so, the melody of it yeah and so like I I appreciate I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, but that's just me. What did you get from it? Um. Well, I mean, I think from like a a technical achievement standpoint, it's you know both incredibly fascinating and incredibly impressive, mm-hmm. right? But you know, if I was if, if, if it was just about the plot and about coherence of story, 
then it's a really bad miss for me. You know what I mean? Like, because like I said, I'm sure there's something in there. Like there's, you know, Tower of Babel references and uh, like we talked about like worker exploitation and, you know, basically like class things, you know, but none of it is like, I'm just trying to explain it or, or trying to, to, to walk through. It's like, it it's so metaphorical that you're never even quite sure if you're getting the right thing out of it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It's pure and, art. You know, maybe that, yeah. Maybe that's the point, you know, um, that, that you are supposed to get something different out of it. Um, but I don't know, like usually, you want at least some kernel that you can grab onto that puts everything else in a frame of reference. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, you know, like we we're talking, you know, if you just look at the craft, because there is some art that is just about the craft, you know, like that's a lot of people, like or a lot of people hate, like, you know, or joke about Jackson Pollock and stuff like that because it's just dots on a page, right? But it's about, like, how those dots, you know, are formed and stuff like that on a Pollock. And it's like, if you look at, like, you know, the actual layers of paint on the canvas versus a picture of it. And that's the same. There's no, there's no other, like, meaning, you know, behind it. And I think that's what, what this is a lot of. It's like... I don't know. Is there actually meaning behind it, or is it just cool CG or you know claymation monsters fighting each other and then <laughs> puking all over the place and stuff? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like if you had like the best calligraphy ever, but it was just a rambling story. Yeah, you know, the alphabet like, or something. Uh, you know, it's like- yeah, yeah, or the well, the, even the alphabet, you could discern where they're going with it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> but like so some people are gonna look at it and be like oh that's the best penmanship ever but yeah i, I ain't that guy and chicken scratch that shit and at least make it interesting <laughs> you know yeah. so i don't know i mean i'm torn and because i'm torn i can understand the expertise and all of that i'm gonna have to just split the difference and go two and a half out of five you know and i was thinking about the same exact thing because it's like on one hand it's like you know, the amount of like work and craft that went into this 30 years <laughs> 30 years yeah off and on yeah and it's like but but i mean like stop motion is ex- extremely hard and labor intensive and to do it like quote unquote realistically yeah, I know this... none of this was realistic, but that's craziness. Yeah. But what the hell happened in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I think uh, I, 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 you know, I want to do the same thing, but I think I'm going to actually go three, just because um, I want to. <laughs> okay. There you go. That's the only the that's 
the only excuse we ever need here, right? Yeah, we don't have to justify it to anyone. No, don't like <laughs> it. Deal with our three. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's just like. Yeah, because you almost feel bad about low-balling something that takes 30 years. But at the <laughs> same time, I only look at this as a viewer or as the audience, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Some people are going to love it. I just yeah. am not that person that really wants to watch it again. So, I mean, I get it. I like a lot of things most people would never watch again. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. We watched one of them the other day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right well you want to do our review of the book sure all right we'll be right back after this all right we're back we're talking tinder is the flesh and i'm on goodreads right now this is by augustina basterica i know i'm not pronouncing that right uh translated by sarah moses And the Goodreads uh, synopsis is his wife has left him. His father is sinking into dementia and Marcus tries to think, uh, tries not to think too hard about how he makes a living. After all, it happened so quickly. First, it was reported that an infectious, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I have a little bit of latency in my mic and it's throwing me off that an infectious virus has made all animal meat poisonous to humans. Then governments initiated the transition. Now eating human meat, special meat, is legal. Marcus tries to stick it or to stick to the numbers, consignments, and processing. Then one day he's given a gift, a live specimen of the finest quality. Though he's aware that any form of personal contact is forbidden uh, is forbidden on pain of death. Little by little, he starts to treat her like a human being. And soon he becomes tortured by what has been lost and what might still be saved. <laughs> so that's that. Um, and honestly, that's a pretty accurate uh, description of, of the book. You'd hope so. <laughs> well, I mean... Mad God's description said a lot of things. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't want to blow the plot. The plot's all there. They live in this, like, wasteland, not wasteland, this dystopian society that where you yeah. everyone's a cannibal. It's just Argentina, right? <laughs> no like it's dystopian where you know everyone eats people and it's essentially the same plot as uh planet of the apes but instead of training apes to be their new pets they just start eating people yeah (laughs) yeah it's kind of like uh this uh, you know it, it he works at a at a factory where a food processing plant. So yeah. you know they kill a lot of the people there. So from that perspective, I kept thinking that this is like Upton Sinclair's The Jungle by way of yeah. like Hannibal Lecter or something. <laughs> like this is the cannibal, the jungle, um, because it does go into depth in a lot of the processing mechanisms, and I I think that there is. I don't know uh, the author's intentions or uh, the the kind of they could be vegan or not, but I could see this being written by a vegan, uh, you know, pushing a lot of their feeling toward meatpacking plants into the narrative as well. Um, 
it's never the the eating of special meat is never like really portrayed as wrong. No, no. This whole thing is written very cold, like clinical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh it's also, you know, it's like when it's talking about like what Marcos is doing, it's like he does this. Yeah. You know, and it's like he goes home to the to whatever, you know. Um but so it's all it's all very kind of detached from from itself. But yeah, like I could I could see it, you know, like maybe pushing for veganism um just because of the content. But like I said, it's never really a negative. Yeah, it's never right? judged. The, the only time it's judged is whenever it's like um there's a subclass like a, a a class of people that they call scavengers. Uh-huh. That like will kill people and eat people like eat food with a name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're looked down upon. Yeah. Um, but it's more like Which, almost like they're looked down upon because they're poor. And <laughs> yeah, they're breaking the rules. I mean, if we just went to a farm and just killed a cow and started eating him on the premises, I'm sure we would be judged. Yeah, too. we'd probably be looked at, looked look down upon. <laughs> so, so I think it's more than just they're poor. But yes, I agree. They they're scavengers yeah. because they're poor, and then people hate them because they're scavengers. So it's a cyclical thing. Yeah. I guess yeah. currently the poor do not raid farms normally. Normally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like some some. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like some depression era yeah. stuff right there. I'm sure it goes on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but this podcast has gotten off track. We're going to talk about industrial farming practices for a while. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, this it's very cold. It's very clinical. It almost felt like what little I've read of, like, Cormac McCarthy in terms uh-huh. of the worldview. Oh God. And I'm, I'm like halfway through the road. Yeah. It's like, man, <laughs> longest road you've ever trekked. <laughs> um, yeah, this, uh, this guy, uh, this whole story, uh, I was trying to think, okay, it's like, it's like Cormac McCarthy's soil ain't green or something like that. Right. It, yeah. It's, that's the kind of feel here. And, mm-hmm. The plot of the story is different than the framework of it. You know, the framework of the story, you're living in this dystopian society. The plot of this is a man struggling to deal with his wife leaving him. His father has dementia and the death of his child. Yeah. That's what the plot is. And so it's this drama going on in this bleak dystopian world. And I think the flip side of this coin, do you remember years ago, it was probably like 2014 or 15. I feel, feel like it was that early in our podcast. We reviewed, uh, Mick humans by Kevin strange. Yeah. (laughs) They have a shared framework, but completely different. Like that was a funny book. You know, I know Kevin strange do in recent years has, you know, there's people that feel certain ways uh, about him. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into that. I'm just saying this book, the book, um, it, it was was very good. We, we I remember giving it. This may have even yeah. been before we did reviews on, or ratings on this podcast. But I liked it, and it was funny. 
even though they kind of have a shared framework, uh, this is the drama, the start drama, right? Yeah. And from that perspective, I didn't think that this, there's people that are putting this on lists of like the most disturbing reads of all time and shit. And it's like, no, like I didn't even, I didn't even think it was disturbing. Like it was kind of gross at moments, but that was it. I know. I was thinking about it. I was like, how desensitized am I <laughs> that like, there's these like graphic depictions of like literally people in a slaughterhouse. And I'm like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> Like, yeah, maybe we need to review just comedy books for a while. <laughs> but no, I honestly, like, I honestly was waiting because, you know, I, I've seen this on, you know, horror lists and stuff like that. And I'm like, when does it actually start getting, like, horrific into the horror? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's not saying I, did, I didn't enjoy it. You know, I, I actually really did. Um, because uh, I am a fan of, like, uh, world building and stuff. And I think, you know, she did, like, a really good job of kind of thinking through everything. Oh, yeah. You know, like, pretty much every detail of how things would work and how people would act um, in this sort of situation was thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, even to the to the idea of, like, um, and it kind of go like I know this is before you know COVID hit and stuff is when we did, but there was like a lot of parallels to that too mm-hmm. because the whole thing is centered around a virus that killed all the animals, right? Or the food a- food animals, right? And just like touching them gets you sick, right? Or mm-hmm. at least that's what quote unquote the government says, mm-hmm. right? And like he visits his sister who lives in the city, and she's kind of. Um, portrayed as sort of like a suburban yuppie type person, right? You know, she's like the rich upper class sort of deal, right? And she gets on to him because like he's not, he doesn't have his umbrella with him. Mm-hmm. What if a bird poops on him or whatever? You know? like, yeah. It's like he's going to get, you know, and so it's like all these, it, this, this sort of, um, I don't want to say outrage, but this like overly cautious sort of mentality that would would absolutely exist. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like little details like that uh, make the, the world so, f- well, fleshed out. <laughs> but, well, that and he, and, and, they and even, they have that, you know, the umbrellas like masks. And then they also talk about the virus being just bullshit and that yeah. it's population control. And I was like, is yeah. this, is this post COVID like written post COVID? Because, you know, it does, uh, it did have a lot of, <laughs> of, uh, exactly what we saw during COVID in terms of like the social discourse anticipated in it. So no, this was in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's pretty, it's it's an interesting book. I, I really think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this book in terms of, I like, you know, the payoff at the end is kind of dependent on you not knowing. Uh, it's dependent on them presenting this very clinically. If we had gotten in the narrator, in the main character's head, it would... Uh, 
you wouldn't have any of the the uh, uncertainty uh-huh. and suspense about the payoffs. Yeah. And so it's a kind of is he is he a changed man? Is he not? Because you can see that his 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 uh, demeanor and certain things are being changed. Uh, but you ultimately don't know until the very end where he where he sits. And so I think that that's kind of interesting. And and from the level of you know a, a writer keeping people glued to the page. It was so well, it was very well executed. Yeah. From the point of view of me wanting to read the the scariest and most disturbing horror <laughs> horror novel, like, I was underwhelmed. It, yeah. Oh, no, no, I totally agree with you. Like, did I enjoy the book? Absolutely. Was it, you know... Because um, I think I saw it on like some Reddit list or something like that, where they're like, "What's the most disturbing book you've ever read?" And like, top of the list was Tender's the Flesh, and I was like, "We need to read that, you know, because I I want to read this." But this is also the second time I've been burned by that. I saw another thing that was like most disturbing sci-fi book, and it was uh, a Three Body Problem, and I was like, "There was nothing really disturbing about that at all." And it, but it was a good book. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So I don't know. Like maybe, maybe people will get more um, disgust out of the processing plant scenes and things than either one of us seem to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, or maybe just the idea is, is repulsive enough um, that it's just like becomes this underlying foundation for some readers you know, can, but like eh. you know you kind of bring up an interesting thing we i mean we're not uh typical you know country folk but we grew up in the country and yeah. even though i'm squeamish about like real stuff like i can clean a fish but you tell me to clean a deer or something i'd be like oh god no right <laughs> but like being exposed to it like i could watch it no problem and maybe people that weren't raised in that kind of culture where animals are treated you know in certain ways do get more out of those processing scenes yeah you know what i'm saying i I don't know i mean like there is just you know the underlying idea that it's like oh well this isn't this isn't a animal Mm -hmm. it's a human yeah, but, I don't know. We've well, read, obviously, we've read worse stuff. Yeah, obviously that <laughs> amplifies the problem. But I, I'm saying, like, in terms of my head, it, it, like where I was coming from and reading this, it's like, oh, okay, so so animals are removed and certain people are treated like animals. Okay, got it. And then just immediately, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Immediately, yeah. basically, we're, it was just like, okay, so that's, it makes sense that they would do this at these processing plants. Like, I didn't, there wasn't a point other than just being like, ugh. Like, and only <laughs> very rarely did I even get that. <laughs> did it, it? Did those processing scenes really affect me? You know? Yeah. And And so, yeah. Yeah, so maybe we do. Maybe it is a good time for us to be coming up on uh, 
on Spooky Month, where we'll only do our Holstein Goosebump stuff as a palate cleanser. Um, because yeah, maybe maybe that's on a, us. <laughs> but I mean, like, there's also like, it's not real. It's a book. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I don't. Um, know. Also, had it not been so clinical in those, you know, it, yeah. if it had gotten more gory in the in the descriptions, it, instead it was just like you know the, the limbs are removed from blah blah blah. Yeah. But, you know, and if it had been like you know started talking about you know the the tissue not wanting to come apart and blood spraying and all that kind of crap, it, maybe I would have thought it was grosser. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, as it goes on and um, there's, you know, other things that happen, like with his sister and stuff like that, um, there are some worse parts. Oh, absolutely. uh, As far as like the the treatment of the heads Mm -hmm. um, and and things like that. Um, But overall, though. Um, I just kind of saw it as a setting. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. it's like, I guess it does really say more about us than it does about the book. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it just is what it is. Yeah, we just jumped right into it. So <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to eat people. Got it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, duh. It is a dystopia. <laughs> you couldn't not eat me. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, alright, so where'd you land on this thing? Um, I actually really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought it was an interesting you know, read. It was well, I keep wanting to say fleshed out and then stop myself. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a, I don't know, I liked it a whole lot. Like, I enjoyed, you know, reading it, even though it wasn't what I would consider to be a horror book to me this is just dystopian sci-fi you know this Mm. is no more horror than soylent green is or you know planet of the apes and stuff like that so but i enjoyed seeing all the details about like where the world would go if this happened basically overnight because that's what from what it sounded like i don't remember if it went too much into detail but it was like literally like flipping a switch all the animals are dead yeah in fact um and so I, I i thought that was interesting you know it even went into like the early kind of history of it where like marcos helped like found the laws and regulations and stuff like that about mm-hmm. things and it's like i found all that interesting um i will say uh i i saw the ending coming a mile away <laughs> yeah um but that doesn't mean it wasn't enjoyable um, I'm honestly going to say like four and a half. Okay. I liked it a lot. I think you may have gotten a little more out of it than I did. I really, I'm with you. I liked it. I did see the ending coming a mile away, yeah. but I don't know that that's really a bad thing. It, yeah. It's being exposed to so many different stories that it's hard to, hard to get one over in terms, you know, just, because everything yeah, is... Know, you're a genius, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody can fool me. No. I mean, it's just hard to... You see so many formulas. And there's honestly only so many ways that this could have ended. You know? It, it really one of two ways. Yeah. And... Exactly two ways. <laughs> and so... Um, uh, 
But no, I, I liked it. Like you said, I, I appreciated a lot of the world building. Um, ultimately, I was let down and it did not meet my expectations because I was expecting this to be horror and not at its core a drama. And and so that said, it was a good drama. It was a really good drama. I'm not the world's biggest mark for dramas, you know. So yeah. so that's kind of where where I'm coming from. Four and a half out of five. I could see this being. I could see it being a five out of five. It's just for me. I'm gonna say that it's a three and a half out of five. Like it yeah. didn't really do it for me, but I, I it, it it still was better than the average. Yeah. So, no, I, d- I definitely think if you go into it expecting like horror, mm-hmm. you might be a little well. Depending on how you view slaughterhouses, <laughs> you might be a little disappointed. Um, but like, if you don't mind that it's not horror, mm-hmm. I think it was a really well done book. Absolutely, yeah, it was so. very well, very well done. Um, it was well crafted, well executed, all of that. So yeah, I get it. Um, well, cool. Well, yeah. all right. So next episode, we're covering glorious. Yes. And we hadn't picked the book yet. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hit us up on Twitter, <laughs> we don't promote a Twitter page. You don't promote anything. <laughs> all right. Well, see you next time. <laughs>